If you're a fan of big ideas, debate, and politics, check out our festival partner, Geopolitical Magazine Foreign Policy. A forum for informed debate about global affairs, foreign policy keeps a finger on the pulse of world news and political happenings. Beyond articles that delve behind the headlines via traditional reporting, Foreign Policy has so many other products to offer, ensuring that no matter how you like to engage with eye-opening content, there is a method for you. Check out their free offerings, like Foreign Policy Live, their forum for live journalism, newsletters, and podcasts. And with a subscription, unlock in-depth features and quarterly magazines, including their recently dropped spring edition, All About India. Fans of IAI will love Foreign Policy for more of the mind-expanding, insightful content that they seek. To explore their content, take advantage of an exclusive discount for IAI fans. Subscribe now using promo code LIGHT24 to save 50% and unlock access to everything Foreign Policy has to offer. Philosophy for Our Times is brought to you in partnership with the New College of the Humanities, a university-level college offering undergraduate and postgraduate degrees in the heart of London. NCH pride themselves on offering unprecedented access to a world-class academic faculty. Philosophy students at the college are taught by some of the foremost scholars in the field, and one-to-one tutorials create a personalised teaching experience. Choose your major and minor for a unique combined honours degree and study the NCH Diploma to widen your appreciation of the world in ways you'd never thought of before. Go to nchlondon.ac.uk for more information. Think better. Think NCH. Hello and welcome to Philosophy for Our Times, the podcast that brings you the world's leading thinkers to debate today's biggest ideas. In this podcast, we bring you interviews with our speakers to be able to give you exclusive insights into the topics covered by our debates. Our guest this week is biologist and author Rupert Sheldrake. I think consciousness is the realm of possibility. Formerly the Director of Studies in Biochemistry at the University of Cambridge, Rupert is known for his theory of morphic resonance and is a researcher commonly associated to the field of parapsychology, the study of paranormal and psychic phenomena. And I think all minds really are spaces of possibility, even the mind underlying the cosmos. To find out what these spaces of possibility could mean for you, keep listening. He joined us this week to delve into the hard problem of consciousness that continues to plague both philosophy and science. To start with, Rupert laid out what the three ways of understanding consciousness are. There are, there, there are three main ways of thinking about it. One is top-down. The whole universe is conscious, and even before there was any matter, there was consciousness or mind. And con- the universe has lower and lower levels of consciousness as it evolves. The Big Bang, the entire universe is one system, one mind, as it were. Then the fields of physics and things separate out, and stars and galaxies and whatnot. So uh, then you have the emergence of many forms of consciousness. And then on life, uh, life on Earth, you have. I dare say in biology there is an emergence of higher forms of consciousness. I mean, we have more than a worm or a bacterium. So in that area, then you could say that there is a kind of emergence. But the top-down consciousness means you start with consciousness and it goes down from above, as it were. The bottom-up materialist theory is you start from subatomic particles and atoms and you work your way up. And then you have to say, well, it emerges. But you could just as well say it descends. 
the third position is to say, well, it's both. Uh, there's a sense in which there's a, um, an emergence or an appearance of higher levels of complexity with more complexity. But it's not that it was not there before. I mean, after all, our evolution has happened within, on the planet Earth, within a galaxy. And what if the whole galaxy and what if the whole solar system are conscious? And what if Gaia, the Earth, is conscious? Then our consciousness has appeared within much larger conscious systems. Rupert continued by explaining why materialism is fashionable, but why it might not lead us to the truth about consciousness. Well, it's been the fashion since the late 19th century. Times became dominated by materialism in the late 19th century. And in many ways, our views of matter have changed since then. They had an old classical physics view of matter as little atoms, as little billiard balls. Uh, quantum theory changes that very radically. Um, and they didn't know about the galaxies beyond our own, or the Big Bang, or modern cosmology. So uh, all these things have changed, but the philosophy of materialism is sort of locked in a 19th century worldview. There's a prejudice in modern science in favour of materialism and reductionism, and bottom-up explanations. But that's really a f kind of philosophical fashion, it's not the truth. Rupert explained why it is he thinks the first option of materialism can't work. So, in the materialist philosophy of mind, consciousness is either an epiphenomenon that does nothing, like a kind of shadow of physical activity in the brain that has no role, and there's no free will, it doesn't actually do anything. That's the majority view. Or else, it's an illusion produced by brains because it might have some conceivable evolutionary advantage, but it still doesn't do anything. And then they have the problem, okay, well, if everything's unconscious and everything's made of matter, including our brains, how come we're conscious? So then they have to say, well, the consciousness somehow emerges out of complex arrangements, but how can something totally different from unconscious matter emerge? That's called the hard problem in the philosophy of mind. So to get out of that, uh, some materialists have become panpsychists by saying, OK, well, let's have a little bit of consciousness in electrons and atoms and things. So consciousness can emerge from something that has a much, much lower grade of mind or consciousness, even in subatomic particles. And therefore, we can overcome the problem of how something different in... Uh, that's, it's a difference of degree, not a difference in kind, um, the emergence of consciousness in human brains. So what we're at the moment in is a kind of conflict between old-style materialism and, and, and a kind of animism or panpsychism struggling to get out. Animism is the belief that the whole of nature is alive and the whole universe is like an organism, not a machine. I think that's a much more reasonable view myself. I'm personally, I think the sun's conscious and indeed the entire galaxy and the whole universe. So um, I'm in favour of panpsychism, but Pan means everywhere, psyche means mind. Uh, I'm in favour of panpsychism, I just think it's uh, uh, much too limiting to confine it to the realm of subatomic physics. To end with, Rupert turned to explain what it is that's preventing us from accepting this idea of consciousness. He argues that by accepting that the mind is part of something much greater than ourselves, the world can become a much less depressing place. I think the problem is with worldviews, and do you have a worldview that's essentially an atheist, materialist worldview? 
There is no God, there is no consciousness out there. The universe is unconscious. It's purposeless, meaningless. Everything's happened by chance or accident. The laws of nature have no particular reason to be one way or the other. We just live in a universe where they happen to be right for us. Uh, evolution is a matter of blind chance mutations and blind natural selection. That's a worldview that says that consciousness has just emerged in our brains and doesn't actually do anything, also that we don't have free will. A deeply depressing worldview, and I think that when you have whole societies based on it like ours, what you'd predict is that lots of people would suffer from depression, and the facts actually bear that out. If you think you live in a meaningless world where your mind is just in your brain and there's nothing more than what's happening inside your head, not truly related to anything else, deeply depressing. Whereas if you think that consciousness is primary, that we live in a universe that's purposeful, that our minds are part of something much greater than ourselves, that mystical experiences connect us with greater minds than our own, they're not just serotonin levels changing inside our brains, then you have a completely different view of the universe. It's not just a matter of language. For more on consciousness, tune into our debate next week in which Rupert Sheldrake will be joined by Templeton Prize-winning cosmologist George Ellis, metaphysician Amy Thomason, to debate how we can get something from nothing. This episode of Philosophy for Our Times was brought to you by the Institute of Art and Ideas. It was presented by me, Anna Carey, and our guest this week was Rupert Sheldrake. As ever, please do subscribe, tell anyone you know that might be interested, and do give us a rating as this helps other people find us. And of course, join us next week for more debates and interviews from the world's leading thinkers on today's biggest ideas.